Hey everyone, it's Jay Bradley, and I just finished my live stream Breathwork and Ho'oponopono meditation, and it was right here back where I teach twice a week. Of course, there was nobody with me, unfortunately, due to what's going on, but I hope you guys will consider joining every single week for what I think is the most life-changing process, Breathwork and Ho'oponopono. And I'm also super grateful to Liberate for providing this space and sharing more of this healing work online for you, especially now during this time of quarantine. So if you'd also like to donate to Liberate, please go to liberateyourself.com and let us know what you need. Let us know we're here for you. I know it's a difficult time and it's exciting for us to be able to help share the healing, not just for you, but for the world. So hope to see you soon. Hi, this is Christina Dam, and this is Liberate the Podcast, where we educate, motivate, inspire, and liberate your consciousness. Hi, everybody. Christina and Helen here. Hi. This episode is all about what do the higher realms have to say about COVID-19, the coronavirus, and what information is coming through. Helen has just opened her Akashic Records to talk to the master's teachers and loved ones and to share some wisdom. Um, a few, uh, about a week and a half or so ago, maybe two weeks ago now, I um, ended up doing a little bit of some deeper meditation accompanied by some mushrooms. And I had a conversation with Mr. COVID. And so I have some knowledge to share as well. So um, I'm excited to see what comes up and that hopefully this can give people a more spiritual approach and also an understanding of maybe what to expect um, given some of the higher perspectives that are going on. Yeah. Thank you, Helen. <laughs> yeah. So one of the questions that was brought to my attention is around I natural. I a pig behind my butt. Sorry. <laughs> this is pig. Yeah. <laughs> um, one of our mascots. So uh, the question is around natural disasters and um, what do we really need to prepare for? So I'm going to go in and I'm going to hear what insight they have to say around the natural disasters and what we're really preparing for, which are just kind of like a repercussion or an effect of this virus uh, impact. In the meantime, Christina, if you have any insight around yeah. natural disasters, then maybe you can share that with the group and then I'll... Yeah, or I'll do a little prelude into coronavirus and then the other aspects that we're looking at. So Perfect. while you're tapping okay. in. Okay. Perfect. So what I was getting for some of the stuff behind the coronavirus is that it's really a, a matter of it's a it's a teacher for all of us to really kind of realign with our values and what is important and what is true to us. And I think that a lot of us have been um, not valuing life and not valuing the things that are truly important to our soul. And so this virus has showed itself to kind of activate that and to also help people release past trauma, pain, worry, shame, guilt, frustration, because these unresolved emotions are actually what the virus is going in and attacking. And that's why it's attacking different things in different people. Yes, I know that it, most of the time it's known as a respiratory disease, but you've heard of other people having other body syndromes from it or affecting their heart and other areas and other organs even shutting down. And so it's about what can you release 
and let go of and how can you start to value the things that are truly important and value life and value the moment. That was one of the main messages that I got, but this is a part of a bigger thing that's going on, right? Because we're in the midst of a massive transformation. And that leads into what are some of the other experiences or or things that we could maybe prepare for or look out for because this is just one of a ripple effect of the situations that are gonna happen. And one of the things that was brought up was what about other natural disasters? And that's where this question alludes to. So Helen, do you have some answers for that? Yeah, I got some information. Um, the first thing they showed me was like when when planet Earth is left to its own devices, it, it kind of has its own like massive shifts and movements on its own. But when it's populated by all of this life form, a lot of that momentum becomes very minimal. And so now with human beings, um, like being safer at home and, you know, not really being social, um, the planet itself is, is basically starting to, there's like a momentum and an energy that's starting to build and, um, and I just started to see, um, first of all, I saw water being affected and, um, and it, and like bigger waves. And so we might see some things happening with bodies of water. Um, and then I started to feel connected to those waves is it was like happening on a deeper level in the earth and that how that is happening at a deeper level is also like impacting land. Um, another thing that they showed me was, um, if anyone is familiar with the cosmos, um, uh, the TV series, um, the Carl way Siegel. Yes. Oh my gosh. Um, uh, and then also, uh, Neil Tyson Degrassi. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He, so, he did the remake. Yeah. So both of them, but what I saw was how the continents, um, have evolved just over like thousands of years and how, um, the continents really used to be attached mm -hmm. and that just like over time, they like started to like slowly like separate. Well, what I was seeing around the continents was some more breaks, some more movement. Mm -hmm. And so just, you know, how we kind of like know the continents, like that may not be the same in the next 10, 20 years. Interesting. Now, does this have anything to do with a magnetic pole shift? I was kind of like gathering that because I was trying to see what the root of it was. And and it did have something, it has something to do with like the access point, which then I started to see had something to do with the poles. Okay. So for those that don't know, um, there's roughly in every 3,600 year cycle or so that they, they estimate uh, roughly in that the... Uh, 3,200, 3,600-year 3, cycle that our poles and our axes shift. And these shiftments happen very abruptly, uh, very fast, and to the point where, um, and these are different things, I can put some links down below and stuff like that for you guys to check out. But, you know, uh, they found that, you know, for instance, like Antarctica, uh, was a very tropical climate at one point. And there's now there's a hmm. lot of frozen animals that are coming out of that. And even frozen animals that have still vegetation in their stomach, like literally they just died. And then, um, and so like when, when that body, you know, and at, at times when people were the first, like, um, 
I forget what they're called, but people that make uh, like maps and stuff like that. Back in the day, they actually mapped out Antarctica and the landmass underneath the ice caps, which they didn't have the technology for at that point in time. So it would have said that that wasn't under ice. And they put in lakes and rivers and different things. And they're now finding that they're discovering that they have so many lakes there and they have a river that's actually bigger than the Amazon that runs mm. through um, Antarctica. So it's it's interesting, these different things. And the, also in the Nordic regions, um, you know, so these are your Scandinavian countries. Mm. These are, um, you know, like northern Canada, different areas like that that also had a different geographic area. Uh, there's this one that I'll never forget. It was a Willy Mammoth. Okay. Little baby Willie Mammoth, okay? He got frozen alive and still had grass in his stomach, skin and everything still intact, and it looked like he had just eaten. So he, he had just oh, so he had just eaten grass, but yet he got flash frozen. So what the hell happened? You know? <laughs> And so you have to look at it. It's it's sad, but it's it's also like very much makes you go, wow, like things can change like this. But so they're they're, you know, so that makes sense that there would be these massive like shifts. And it it almost seems like we would have to have these massive shifts in order for the continents to have broken apart into the magnitude that they've broken apart and drifted across mm -hmm. and a, away from each other, you know? Yeah. Uh, because Otherwise, with the little tiny shifts that are happening here and there in the continental drift, it's nothing like massive, like pulling continents apart. But if this axis happens, and then that might contribute to the water. Yeah. Right? Because it might be like, you know? Yeah. Okay. So this you're predicting happens in the next 10 to 20 years, they're saying. 10 to 20 years. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So what does that mean for people to be prepared for? Like, hmm. let me see. Hmm. What insight do you have around that? Well, I, you know, I don't know if coastal cities are the best place to live. <laughs> well, that's one of the things that I, they were showing me because one of my follow-up questions is um, how do the natural disasters affect LA? Obviously, we're just one city. Um, but being in California, what I saw is that we're we're close to close to a coastline. And so that actually does put us in like a vulnerable position. But then what I also saw was um, not just because we're at a coastal line, does that mean that we're going to be impacted? And I actually was like seeing something in the center of the United States. And so it's like, you know, the this, this force, this natural force that is beyond us, um, it's not necessarily targeting you know, a specific area for a specific reason. Like everything is just happening because of like what is at the the root or the center points. And then it's just kind of like shifting outward. And so, yeah, I was like almost like being shown this kind of like crack. Interesting. Now, is this something that we will know that we can prepare for? Like, will we know that it's coming or is this gonna, like, you know how like sometimes when there's like, I don't know, like a, a, a hurricane or something like that, you know what's coming and you know well, like a week ahead of time that people start to like travel inward to get away from it or, you know. Yeah, this this is actually um, a question that I asked in the records a while ago. And it was like, you know, why weren't we prepared for, um, you know, this virus impact? 
And what their response was, you know, well, first of all, the you know, the record's position is not to like interject and then say, hey, this is going to happen. You need to prepare yourself. Their, their position is when the impact um, happens, um, you will be able to act appropriately. You will you will do what you need to do. So if you if you know ahead of time, you may not necessarily be able to act so swiftly and appropriately. Hmm. And so when you had asked that question, I kind of like went in and like laughed a little bit because the response that they were getting is like, you don't need to prepare for anything. You, <laughs> well, I mean, that's like the fundamental thing of life, right? You know, trust and you can then right. act and, and do accordingly. But I mean, let's just say with the COVID-19 had, we had a little bit, maybe more stockpile of medical equipment or certain yeah. things, we might have been able to deal with it a little bit more. <laughs> I know. I know. So I'm, yeah, I'm trying to see if, um, so in, in other words, trust. That trust and also what they're saying is um, like if each person independently is just kind of connected to their own inner compass, um, they will be guided. They'll mm. know where they need to be or do or shift to. Okay. Okay. So in the, anything else like in regards to like the virus, I mean, I, I know me and you had chatted a minute ago, but if you want to share some of the things that had come up as far as like... Uh, how long this is going to stay, you know, yeah. if life is going to return to normal or if this is, if we need to brace ourselves that there's new things, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, this is probably a very common timeline for most people, but it's around the summer. So it's like June, June, July, August, where we'll start to see, um, like the curve flatten and at that time, it's like we can slowly start to integrate back into society. But, but what the records are saying is that it will never go back to being the same way that it was. So there's just going to be a really significant shift in how we socialize and how we connect as human beings. And we're already seeing that now because our, all of our connections and communications are all digital. And also I find that being so connected through all of the digital platforms can be really overwhelming for our physical bodies. Like our, yeah. our bodies are not equipped to handle that magnitude of an electromagnetic field. It's pulsating on us all the time, you yeah. know? So when you say that it's not going to return to normal, like one of the things that I've always thought is that um, always thought in the last like month, guys, it's always, <laughs> but no, that it's been hard for me to kind of wrap my head around and thinking like logically, if this virus is here to kind of stay for a while, mm -hmm. right? Which I don't see, I'm sorry guys to be the bearer of bad news, but I really don't see how this isn't here. They've already found over 14 mutations of this, um, little background of, you know, I'm not a scientist, even though I did study, you know, biology, um, in undergrad, uh, but they're, they're, they're not, um, you're not going to, you, okay. The flu virus is, it is, uh, 
every three months about it mutates, right? So even if there is vaccinations that get done, you get the flu vaccine, one of the reasons why it's not that effective is by the time they engineer the vaccine to the time that the flu season actually comes around, um, it's already mutated a couple times. So that you might not be getting the same strand in your vaccination as the one that is actually in circulation, mm -hmm. you know? So that's one of the downfalls on that. This virus seems to be mutating in an even more rapid phase. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they're saying like every six weeks or so, five to six weeks it mutates. And so, mm. um, and this is just what the science is showing right now. And so I don't know how we go back to not having this circulate and the fact that it's in, it's in the massive dynamic of the population in over 171 different countries it's really hit every every tier of the globe so that and how quickly it can spread that it only takes one person traveling or going to a group again to bring something back and within a matter of a few weeks the exponential growth creates a bomb explosion again i mean you saw that in south korea where the one woman from the church in daegu had come in and literally had infected thousands of people from the same church mm -hmm. congregation. And so like, um, you know, and that was just going to mass, you yeah. know, and it was like, boom, 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 boom. And then pretty soon the whole country had it, you know, like, I mean, they didn't have that many cases, but I mean, they had to start doing a whole bunch of social distancing. So my thought is like, how, how do we eat out at restaurants? How do we go to movie theaters? How do we do the uh, amusement parks? How do we do, you know, concerts? Like these types of things, I just don't, how do we do big sporting events? How do we do outdoor like festivals? I'm just not 100% sure whether we will ever mm. see those things again. Can you shine some light on that? Yes. Um, one of the things that they're saying, so the, the records always like bring it back to you. And so immediately what I saw was the way that we like physically are connected and touch things ha has completely changed. And so, you know, our contact with things um, is always being compromised from like the moment we just, you know, are like touching, reaching, interacting, whatever the case may be. So immediately um, we become at risk just by engaging. So what that means is um, for these public things like parks, restaurants, like sporting events, it's like you, there's a risk. There is a risk that may not necessarily kill you, but you, that you could be infected. And then of course, however that is infected will have its own um, effects. Well, well, and then if you then socialize with your parents or anybody else that has a compromised immune system, it's yeah. like you, you run the risk of then getting them sick. Right. Yeah. And so it's like, especially with this asymptomatic stuff, you know? So what they're showing me is, um, a lot, a lot, which we're already feeling and familiar with is that a lot of how we connect and communicate is really, it's being guided more towards this di digital, digital experience. And I know we're making digital content for you guys right now, but there's nothing like human touch. It's yeah. so weird. I went on a social distancing walk through the neighborhood with two friends yesterday. And, you know, we're sitting there in our mass. They're walking their dogs. I didn't bring my dogs with that day and, and yesterday. And like, it's just so weird. And we're like standing far away from each other while we're walking up the hill and going yeah. through the thing. And then it's like, oh, then you want to give them a hug goodbye. But then they're like, oh, no. And then it's just like, it's just weird. It's weird. Yeah. Because 
you know, I don't know, like there was a, I, I, I've given this on one of the other podcasts before, but there was a, there was a study that was done at Duke University years ago um, that studied a whole group of kindergartners. Okay. And so they divided the kindergartners into two groups and one of them uh, went to um, the library. They were, they both went to the library and they're instructed to pick out a book. And then they did, um, they did a few questions about the library and the librarian after and the groups, the librarian was instructed to do the exact same thing, say the exact same thing to both sets of kids with one exception. On one of the groups, show me your hand. I'll come out like you're grabbing a library card. Oh. One of them, the card was handed back like this, no physical content. The other one, touch, just like that. Hmm. Okay. A finger's touch. That's it. Hmm. When the kids were pooled and asked questions about what did you think about the library? What did you think about your experience? What did you think about the librarian? The kids that had no touch thought it was okay. The library, did the librarian say anything special or anything? No, nah, said whatever, normal, okay? She said the same thing the same time, you know, to both kids, you know? The second group, Hmm. Said, what did you think of the librarian? Oh, she was so nice. Did she say anything in particular? Oh, yeah, she had like said, hi, have a nice day, this or that. Never said that. And what did you think of the library? They loved it. <laughs> so their experience changed of not only the librarian, but the whole library by receiving hmm. a finger size tap. Hmm. Like, that's how important human touch is. So I'm right. a little nervous of what this means from a psychological experience. Well, what's fascinating is um, we're going to have to find new ways of connection, physical connection and touch. And um, But I also think what is fascinating is if, if we are starting to see that the continents are going to be affected and like pulled apart, it's actually what is already happening on a micro level. Mm. It's like human beings are like being pulled pulled apart from a pe from people. Now, do you have anything on like is this going to massively affect like our population, like the disasters and the coronavirus, or one of them, both of them? Yeah, they're saying that there's going to be a significant decrease, and what. I feel is it's probably about one fourth of the population. Wow. Which let's just put this in the context, guys. I know that people are saying, you know, a 5%, 4%, 6% mortality rate of this virus uh, going around. Um, and that's in the first go around, right? We don't know about all these other ex experiences. You know, we don't know about the mental health of people. We don't know about the compromised immune system if this goes around every year. Right. Right. You know, and knocks out more and more people and has uh, people have a significant shorter life expectancy as a result. Right. Yeah. But the Spanish flu, we were talking about the, this um, that went around in 1920. Uh, we only had a population of 1.4 billion people at the time or 1.6. I forget. Uh, but it roughly 1.5 billion and it killed anywhere between 250 to 500 million that, that it was an estimate there was a lot of bodies that weren't accounted for but if you think about that that was close to one third of the world's population died during that time yeah you know so like if you put things into reference a quarter of the population it, you, you might th say like that's mind-blowing but just a hundred years ago 
that's exactly what happened. And we lost a third of the population. We lost a quarter to a third of the population, you know, exactly 100 years ago, yeah. 1920. And now we're in 2020. Yeah. You know, anything else that they say? I know that you got to get going, but. Well, it sounds like it's a, just about us all really taking care of ourselves. Mm -hmm. And doing what we need to do so that we're safe, that we're grounded, we feel balanced, and and that a lot of how we feel on the inside is how things will look on the outside. So on a on a bigger level, like things are really displaced and chaotic, and um, and at the same time, we also feel that way inside. But the more that we can find the that center and grounding and balance. Um, the things that look so imbalanced on the outside might actually just start to find, a, you know, find like they, they make a little bit more sense to you, you know? Yeah. I mean, I mean, think about it. Everybody that's watching, like, life wasn't really working for us before. People were stressed. People were, you know, we were depleting the earth of resources yeah. you know we're blasting bigger and bigger holes in our ozone the pollution the toxicity the toxicity in our own health and the amount of illnesses and ailments that people were developing like there was so much that wasn't working stress and anxiety and depression were on a rise every single year more and more percentage of the population suffered from some form of psychological um dynamic you know mm -hmm. and and it's like what's going on you know like we can't keep on living like that and so if we look at this and say okay instead of the doom and gloom and the empowerment message that you just provided of like look inside empower yourself ask yourself because i did get that in the in the vibration of the virus mm -hmm. as well was if you raise your vibration this virus does not impact you it's like if you heal those areas and you raise yourself up and you take care of yourself, you're having your vitamins, you're yeah. staying positive, your energy is staying grounded, that it's going to just whoosh right over you. Mm -hmm. But then you can also like have that energy to deal with everything else in life that's changing. Yeah. I don't think this is going to be bad, guys. I know that it sounds bad. It sounds it's change. But change does not mean bad. It means that it's going to be uncomfortable and we're going to go through a mourning grief process of the way that we used to. But if we keep on looking back over our shoulders of what used to be and we get so attached to that, it's like kind of looking back over the shoulders at an old lover and like mourning them so much that you're forgetting that there's like this perfect person right in front of you. And it's like until you're ready to cut that off, then you can engage in this new relationship that you yeah. might actually find to be a better relationship. Mm -hmm. But... You know, so that this new life could be that better relationship. It could be this better experience. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's the message. Looking forward and and even though things look so different, how we can find the beauty in what's in front of us. Mm. I love that. Thanks, Helen. Thanks, Christina. Hey, you guys, I, I would love like questions. Put questions down here. Questions that you want to hear from the records uh, or from the, med or if I jump into meditation for the vibration of COVID-19, um, put them down here. We'll do another one of these next week yeah. or so and um, nail out a few more questions. We were a little pressed on time today, but I think that there's a lot more and this is a good start. Yeah. So next week, 
put them down there. We'll answer them. We'll tap in. We'll see. And hopefully we'll just all get through this together and create a new earth. Yes. Thank you, Helen. <laughs> Thank I you, love Christina. You. I love you. Bye, guys. Bye. If you enjoyed this conversation, like it, subscribe, and share it with your friends. If you want some more amazing resources on your path of liberation, head over to liberateyourself.com and sign up for our mailing list. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram at Liberate Hollywood, all one word, or Liberate Emporium, all one word. Until next time, liberate yourself. <laughs>